Well, I'll tell you what I know. That's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. Sunday morning coffee. This is Banger Bookie's wife, and uh, we are excited to be here with another Sunday morning coffee with, with a full house we got here. It's myself, uh, Joe P., we got Coach, we got a Rain Man, we got Capper, and we got Prop Bet Pete. Just way too many people in order to make good radio. We're so excited to have them here. Uh, we had a huge week of college football, but of course, if you're going to start off anywhere, you need to start off with greatness, and that was Capper who, if you got his hook on Iowa State, is coming off a 4-0 week against the spread. Tell me tell me about the journey. Well, we, we did it. Um, we picked four winners on the episode on Thursday. Coming off a guarantee, um, too. It, it was a guaranteed 4-0 week or your money back. Yep. So you just stare and look in the face of adversity, and you just stare it down until it cowers in fear and leaves. Yeah, and I'll admit this is the most adversity you've ever faced. You've had a very easy life. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's, um, uh... You're looking at, we had all afternoon slate games, um, just two bloodbaths in Knoxville and, um, wow, the, poor Pitt. That, poor Pat Narduzzi. The Bama game. Once again, proves himself a fraud. The Bama, the Bama game we really, we nailed in terms of just like, that was, that was a fight between two different quality fighters. They both were, just different weight classes and two teams that just exerted their will you just love to see it um and then you're looking at a three and one week with great indiana performance up by um up by four late give up the field goal give up the touchdown down seven no longer covering enter michael penix who'd completed about three passes up to that point real uncle rico arm on that guy I mean, just slinging it, barely avoiding pressure, slinging it, quarterbacks, hitting, baby. hitting guys right in the chest, right down the field. I mean, just incredible. Yep. The ACL didn't stop him. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. Uh, it was pretty impressive. I know. Um, I know there. Like, if you're talking about that Penn State game, I know. I know someone here is going to want to weigh in on some of what we saw because, of course, the the thing everyone was talking about was uh, the upset capper's record but also some of the coaching decisions we saw so uh coach do you have any thoughts on, on what you saw last night oh guys absolutely brutal I, I i don't know what to say uh sometimes you sit there and you wonder if these coaches can't add 40 plus 40 plus 40 which takes them to 120 and two minutes i knew that <laughs> you know i knew that it's it's just uh For the record Listen, uh, Coach Franklin after the game, and what are we talking about? We're talking about Devin Ford on the run, a minute 47 on the clock. Indiana's got one timeout. Get the first down, call it a day. Uh, I, I just, uh, I sound like so, a broken record. To be clear, let, 30 plus let's years. like let's discuss. So the play he's discussing is, of course, uh, so the situation itself, can you break it down? Indiana was up three at that point, correct? No, no, Penn State is up one. The- Penn State was up and one. Penn State was up one. one at that point, and then Indiana minute forty-five with, left. After, yeah, at fourth and ten. So, they didn't yeah, so they had. Uh, so basically, all uh, Penn State had to do was get a first down and then fall on the ground, and you, the clock you have control of. Uh, what it, what happened instead? Yeah, I mean, look, the the Penn State back dashes through Indiana. Tom Allen coach team. They're well coached. Basically says, "Go into the end zone. Why don't you, my friend?" 
And instead of <laughs> instead of falling down, and, and look, you know the poor, you know Devin Ford's a good good kid. He's he's a you know the academic you know all American type kind of kid. Yeah. Um, he, he he sort of realized he should go down, but of course did not. Um, He's like you could. I, I, I think he got to the he got to the one and he was like tiptoeing. I've never zone, like he was like trying to stay in balance. I've never seen a brain process like that just in real time. And you can see what the one thing is like. The two things you can see is like all the Penn State fans are both elated because they probably took Penn State with the points, but they're also at the same time probably like, oh fuck, we might actually we could potentially lose the game now, which is exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, I mean, you think about um, you know maybe people had Devin Ford on their fantasy teams or their college DraftKings teams, like you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I, I don't know. Um, and then my favorite part of all these things is when the coach gets up and they're, they're talking to Coach Franklin after the game. Um, and he, he's doing the thing where, you know, I know you have to ask this question, but, um, you know, there were other plays in the game. And, you know, that, that's just not good enough. That's the play of the game. Everything else doesn't matter. Coach, my question, my main question is uh, the arrogance. When does it end? Well, it, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't with Coach Franklin. I mean, let's let's be honest. You know, you see this week in, week out strategy. Part of what makes college football great uh, is you have these elements of coaches doing stupid things when they could just end yeah. games. And, and this is, you know, this isn't the first time it's going to happen. Uh, it'll happen again. Um, but you just – and actually, funny, I, I was sitting there watching saying, is, is he going to pull a Romeo Cornell here and go for two and just end the game? But – uh yeah, I would have respected that at least. No, you you, you can say what you will, but I still think Coach Franklin is far and away uh, the best Division One coach who looks like a thumb. <laughs> uh, I don't, and I don't think it's close. You can take that to the bank, uh, Rain Man. You have some explaining to do. Uh, I, I'm being quiet for a you, reason. Yeah, here. I haven't earned the right to speak on this coffee. Yeah, you, uh, you have, yeah, not good, not good. No, you do earn the right now, where we're just gonna give you some shit because you were all over that Minnesota pick, and as a result, some of our listeners, including myself, were all over this Minnesota pick, and we were sitting there with our slips. Literally, coach sends us a text through uh, probably five minutes into the game. And he's like, uh, Rayman, you're going to need to account for this. This is going to be a blowout. <laughs> like, a, you, you can see right The Michigan away. offensive line was just way too much. You, they, they played a great game, and yeah. Minnesota couldn't stop them on the ground. I was, like, I mean, on paper, it looked, uh, I thought it looked like the right play. I thought Minnesota would have more, but it was very clear their defensive line, they could not hang. They could not hang. They just couldn't stop them. Yeah. Uh, it all seemed a little weird when I was watching college game day and they were making the announcers be out in the cold in Minnesota and Minneapolis with no fans and no one in the stadium. It was just like it seemed like a chilly omen, and it was. So you're you're saying after the fact, well, after we bet our money because the stadium was empty like every other stadium, you got a bad omen from it. Yeah, exactly. All right, and and then you had all day to tell us you had a bad omen, and then just said "fuck you." We're not gonna. Yeah, no, that. he decided to keep I, I mean, the omen withheld until now. So I appreciate it. Makes, yeah. It makes me come off as a bad person, and you guys might be right on that. But no, trust me, it doesn't make you come off as a bad person. You do that yourself. We uh, <laughs> and I mean, and I think prop bet you you had a you you of course had an interesting day, and you wanted to make a case that uh, which I think is a case. This year, I think, is an interesting one, that there should be an eight-team playoff. Yeah, so I'm looking at last week's action, and first of all, 
even if we have an eight-team playoff, it's probably going to come down to Clemson and Bama. But you don't play the game on paper. You don't play the game in the screen. You play the game on the field. But I'm, I'm looking at last week's action, and I'm kind of looking ahead. And there are so many good teams um, across the different conferences that – and especially some of these mid-majors. I mean, yeah. if there's ever a year to give them a chance, especially if you're a Colt school. Uh, yeah, I think, I the, think uh, it's like you do the six – you year. have to do the – you do the five major conferences and then the three top Colt schools. The three most deserving. Who's your third? Who's who's your third Colt school? So that's tough, man. I, I would probably say I would probably say Texas A&M. I mean, Texas A&M, outstanding Colt school. Uh, you can't look past the Citadel in a spot like this. Uh, they do some good Colt work down there. Uh, Bob Jones University. I know they put a team together recently. Uh, we're going to want to put them at least under consideration for that one of those Colt school spots. But I mean, if you're talking Colt schools, it's hard. It's hard to truly narrow it down. And also, what it, what really is a cult school? You could argue Mississippi State became more of a cult school by getting a weirdo like Mike Leach. But I, it's hard to say. <laughs> I just, I mean, but like, I guess where I was going with that is like you've got these undefeated independent schools like Liberty and your BYU, and then you have a team like Cincinnati that looked really fucking good against SMU. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm not going to sleep on Marshall. I know Marshall's not a top eight school, but. They're playing good defense in Marshall, which is, if you uh, remember, is actually in West Virginia. Yeah. It's not in Ohio. <laughs> um, we are. I, uh, I I think it's fair. Also, when I think about it more, it's pretty clear that P.J. Fleck is a pretty bad to mediocre football coach, pretty outstanding cult leader. Uh, he has man- he a fake tough guy. He has managed to develop cults at every program he's been at. Um, yeah, I, and when I, it works, it works. I think at some point too, in this COVID era, and we don't know that the the punter was out for COVID related reasons, but these teams have like 150 players on them. Maybe you should carry two punters and kickers. I mean that that was that was tough to watch. <laughs> yeah. No, I think. Uh, well, I think where that's... do you find him, though? Where do you find? Uh, pull him? him off the soccer team. Find him somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking Craigslist, dude. Get creative. Cap Capper, I've seen you punt the football further than the Minnesota punter was last night. <laughs> yeah, I can get at least twelve hey, yards. The Minnesota days. punter should have just like farted on the ball and it would have gone further. That was fucking nuts. I think my favorite moment from yesterday was Baylor punting on fourth and twelve on Texas's thirty. Yeah. Like, they can't kick a forty-six yard field goal. <laughs> Can't that, go for it. Certainly can't. I mean, go how for are you it. a power five we're school without a, a field goal kicker that can it was? It was yards. honestly like, funny watching that. Ten it, net yards. It was abundantly. Baylor should not have been playing that game. They kept on saying during the game that like, yeah, so everyone has COVID. A couple of guys got cured like yesterday, and they're hanging out. We replaced our offensive line <laughs> with one of the guys who works in the cafeteria. Uh, we're just like, you know, we're gonna, you know, it's football. We'll figure it. out. It was just. Fucking pathetic! Don't play the game. By, by the way, on the note of kicking, another mistake by Franklin. He wasn't making a fifty-seven yard kick. He should have thrown the ball. You know, he should have done the throw to the sidelines. Do something to get five, six yards at least. Give oh, a kicker a chance. We, maybe you get a pass. Maybe you get a pass interference. I never. Get you're forgetting. We're also forgetting uh, how fucking terrible that Indiana kicker almost <laughs> fucked up that kickoff. He just he. Can't. <laughs> You guys, I've never seen anything quite like that. So this cat tried to squib it 
But it was like the most pussiest squib you've ever seen, and it just lightly rolls to the Penn State guy at the 50, who I think was confused. Uh, and that Penn State got a shot, at the, but you wouldn't have attempted a field goal in that spot. You would have gone Hail Mary. No, I, I would have gotten five more yards. I would have taken, you know, tried. It was a third and one, so you could have got the first down. You know, obviously you would throw it to the sidelines, but do something rather than 57 yarder. I mean. I mean, well, it's college. It's college. You yeah, get the first yeah, clock and lock it. it and get yourself yeah. I mean, I mean uh, Penn State's going to be taking uh, more medicine next week against Ohio State. That for, that seems pretty clear. And I'm a. Uh, that's actually sort of related to the topic I want to discuss, which uh, I think that this is the week to to lock in your Heisman bet. Uh, and that Heisman bet that I am locking in this week, I think you lock in Najee Harris this week. He was at plus 2,500 before this week. Uh, Jalen Waddell previously was plus 2,000. He is such a dangerous weapon out for the year for Mac Jones, which I think changes stuff. But what isn't going to change is that Bama offense is the story of college football. Coach Saban came out with that thing saying, officially declaring that defense is dead. This is an offensive sport. And he's someone who can make that declaration. And when you look at an offensive team, Najee Harris's numbers are simply too good. He is putting up, he's put up five touchdowns in a game, three touchdowns in a game. I think this week you see people are going to be inclined to bet on a Justin Fields. You have Trevor Lawrence, you have Travis Etienne, you have all these other comparable options, but the national championship was decided by a narrative for over a hundred years. Call uh, Heisman is still just decided by a narrative. And when I'm thinking about the narrative of this season and, and Saban's offense, I think you just have to go back to, all those years when Al- when Alabama has a workhorse back, that back at least makes it to the ceremony. I think this is a year Najee Harris is going to end up with 30 touchdowns. And a small side thing, we haven't confirmed when the Heisman ceremony is going to occur. We don't know for sure that Justin Fields is going to be eligible for it if they don't move it back. So I think for a number of reasons, I think this is the week more than any other that you lock in the Najee Harris bet while you still have as many people eligible in the field as you do yeah all right so Najee harris is getting and a quick <laughs> a quick tidbit you just feel awful for jalen waddle that's a tough injury to see um and you know i'll say this i i know nick saban a long time um 20 those, years in the sport yeah the, those, that comment plus. that comment at the half was just unacceptable i'm sure he wishes he can take it back but to you know kid breaks his breaks his ankle um, out for the year, college career over, future in question, to to call him out for bringing the kick out of the end zone, just unacceptable. It, I mean, it's, it's almost like he's a fu- it's almost like he's a fucking sociopath, right? <laughs> um, and and uh, by the way, who would explain? It would explain. But by, by the way, I hate returning kickoffs out of the end zone. Nobody hates that more than me. So I. I understand what's what Coach Saban is saying. I can there. understand why you're so 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 torn here in your as but, your in your rebuke because you get where Saban's coming from. But for just sure. you, you cannot say that 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 was was a bad look for Nick Saban. He's he's better than that, I guess. Uh, well, so if if I got Najee, do you guys have another Heisman person that that you that you'd be inclined to bet in bet on other than that right now? I would consider Zach Moss at forty to one. If BYU runs the table, his numbers are unreal right now. Uh, you want to you want to you want to bet on the Buffalo Bills starting running back? That's a pretty odd Zach Wilson. I think at BYU would be a great Zach choice. Wilson, but Zach Moss yeah. for the Bills would probably be an odd choice for the Heisman. <laughs> it's Sunday, so NFL in the brain. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, been, he's been banged up too. He's been bad on bad on an injury, so he, he's not he's not one the Heisman. I mean, he's due. It's a long shot. I like that. <laughs> 
40 to 1 for the backup Buffalo Bills running back seems like a decent price. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's clean this. Let's clean this up. We're going to send you into your uh, NFL Sunday with some picks. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, the winning well for our first NFL pick. Uh, Capper, who do you like? Um, I'll take Cincy plus 3 at home against the Bang the Browns. I'll take Cincy. I'll take Cleveland right now. <laughs> Bet. Uh, that's, Done. That's fair. All right. I mean, right. will, the, will uh, yeah. the streak continue? Will the luck run out? We don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll I don't find think out. I've ever. I don't think I've ever loved Cincy more than I love Cincy right now. I just believe. I just believe in Joe. I just believe I, in Joseph Burrow. I, I feel like Cincy. I feel like Cincy's become to. an America's team. Like every week, you look at the lines. You're like, I like the Bengals this week. <laughs> Man, and every week you, it fails to cover. It's uh, pretty unfortunate. They're replacing Jacksonville as America's team. Joe, they're they're clearly an awful team, but it is hard. I if I I don't even know if I like Joe Burrow as much as like I feel for him. I think he's trying as hard as he can, like with that offensive line and everything else. But really, you like the Bengals against like the you like Joe Burrow's odds against the Browns' defensive line in this spot. I think the Browns are frauds. I mean, that's not you know what? That's a fair. They looked like it last week. I just think if, if they can get a little pressure on. On Bake Show, I mean the Brown, but like the Browns, easy. the Browns, the book on the Browns to me is they beat bad teams. When they play a bad team, I'll I'll bet against them, but I'm not not in this spot. I think they run it up yeah, against teams they is... can beat. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Rain Man, you see, so you like the other side, you like the Browns, but you also like a course Tampa. Well, Bay. So, so my actual pick is a uh, Tampa Bay minus four against. The Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. They didn't sign Antonio Brown to not just start beating people. Be- beating people? Like, they're they're going to go out there and try to put up, a, like, 50 points every game. It's going to be amazing. Doesn't every team try to They do have the best game? receiving core potentially since the Raiders had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown on the same team. The, what, that, about the, uh, what, what about the trenches? Gr- what about greatest show on turf? Tampa Bay's Rams. got the best defensive line. Some would say. Uh, better, better than that. Prop. Uh, all right. You know what? Sure. Uh, Is this one happening? Didn't the Raiders have a COVID outbreak? They did. Yeah, but I think they're playing it anyways because football. Because football. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, COVID ain't got nothing. Well, at least they're getting paid. COVID ain't COVID paid. ain't played nobody. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> Bill and then uh, Propet. You're on. Uh, you know what? You're fading. You're fading the Jets. And who can who can hate that bet? When you got a talented backup running back like Zach Moss, <laughs> uh, you, you got you got to take it's the Bills. Bills yeah, minus, Bills minus ten. You, you got to take the Bills minus ten. I mean, I I took the Jets like week three and week four, and I've sworn never to take them again. And uh, I don't care what the money is going. The money's kind of going on the Jets for some reason. But uh, like Capper says, you got to wait on NFL, see where the late tickets go. Points. And I imagine the Bills are going to get late money. Too many so points. Take the Bills minus ten now. It's gonna be a roll. They're gonna just smash them. I the Jets are fucking horrible. Uh, you got Jets over under one and a half wins from here on out. Uh, under. Yeah. Unless they fire Adam Gase, then they have a chance. I don't hate yeah, it. That's the thing. Could happen next week. I don't hate it. I uh, oh, man, they're so bad. It's so insane how bad they are. Uh, my pick. Uh, I I am going to. Ride with uh, the Texans plus three and a half at home against Green Bay. Green Bay, second week in a row on the road. Last week, they looked bad against Tampa Bay. The one thing that gives me hesitancy is there's an article out on ESPN about Aaron Rodgers just interviewing his backup quarterbacks. 
and it's just like stories from Aaron Rodgers' backup quarterbacks about playing for Aaron. And the story is about Aaron Rodgers as a sociopath. That is like the story, what it's about. But it just tells it through like some bizarre stories, like uh, him when him and Graham Harrell were on the team. That Aaron Rodgers made up a fake frat that they were a part of, and they would be mean to Matt Flynn, who was not in the frat. They would like <laughs> haze him, and then one of the team equipment managers like overheard them making like a frat joke so the equipment manager was like hey what frat are you in and they said the name of the frat was tke which of course is the name of an actual frat the ball boy was like i'm in tke and he invited aaron Rodgers and graham harrell to a party which they went which aaron Rodgers made them go to uh graham harrell was very uncomfortable with it uh but there's a bunch of stories like that anyway uh i think green bay doesn't have a ton of juice the texans have looked like an entirely different team since billow left and i like betting on them opening it up at home and getting the hook on the three and a half here i don't think i think they might be about an equal team to green bay not a three and a half point dog and then uh, the final pick we got uh coach is on a total here i'm not sure which side he's on it's uh saints panthers 50 and a half which which side of the total do you like yeah, good good game coming up. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater revenge game, I guess, is what some people are calling it. But uh, or Ted, Teddy or Teddy Bridgewater thank you game because he he parlayed a little backup run with the Saints to the contract with Carolina. But anyway, uh, thank you, Teddy. I, uh, I think you're gonna see a, a a lot of Alan Kamara, a lot of Mike Davis catching short passes. Um, I don't see the Saints without Michael Thomas and without Emmanuel Sanders. This is an under spot. I, 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 You're going under. It's an under. You, you, you like the under. Okay. I like the under. Um, I, I just think that the uh, Saints offense will sort of, you know, they'll move the ball still. They always do. Uh, but they will, uh, they're not going to have the explosive plays to sort of make this game high scoring. Carolina, I, I think, has um, struggled a little bit of late on the offensive side of the football. Uh, this is a bet against the streak because the Saints have been over in every game this year, but I think this one goes under. Yeah. You're I, a braver man than I. <laughs> I don't know. I, betting an under spot at home uh, for the Saints, it's hard to not look at a Saints team at home and just see points, 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 but I suppose that is why you're the best at what you do, Coach. You pick out these under spots. I appreciate that. Uh, I, just have, I just have one last one last question for the coach. Absolutely. Is he going to apologize for his apology about Florida State? <laughs> Great question. I, uh, <laughs> I I am starting to I am starting to question whether Jordan Travis is a, a good enough passer of the football to uh, to uh, you know compete at this level. But I will say it it definitely looked like that Florida State team spent the week reading their press clippings instead of you know focusing on Louisville. <laughs> well, well said, coach.